You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. What is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. It's your host, Rafael Barlow from NBADraftJunkies.com and also the NBA Draft Junkies YouTube channel. I guess this is an opportunity for me to plug my work here. But today, we're going to talk about Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy is probably one of the, well, I shouldn't say probably. He is one of the top international prospects in this draft. His name is picking up buzz and steam. And my guest today is Michael Neff. Michael is a freshman at UVA. And basically how we got connected was he posted a tweet saying that he thought Josh Giddy was a top 10 pick. And I had to have him on to get his opinion and just to get the the reasoning behind his tweet. Now, we haven't rehearsed this. It's just like, you know, Twitter, NBA draft Twitter is a whole, it's like a whole community within itself. And this is a, I I guess you can say a family member in a sense, if you consider NBA draft Twitter a family. So without further ado, Michael, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Uh, Enjoyed the games yesterday. Uh, I've officially won my bracket group thanks to Jalen Suggs. So. so you already won it? Yeah, already won. I was the only one that picked Gonzaga to win. It wasn't a very big group. So. Oh, wow. Um, so <laughs> for my group, it's 53 of us. And the guy that started the group is a Baylor alum. So I would say maybe 27 out of the 53 have Baylor winning it. Wow. And I have Gonzaga winning. So that shot gave me a chance, but I think I screwed up so much in the earlier brackets that there's a few guys that are ahead of me. I think there's five guys that are ahead of me in points that if Gonzaga wins, then, you know, so more than likely the chances of me winning the pot are slim to none unless they break it down as for everybody who picked Gonzaga gets a piece of the pie, but those early brackets screwed me. But let's talk about that shot. Like, was that, the craziest ending to a college basketball game you've ever seen? Quite possibly. Uh, Certainly in recent memory for me, uh, just completely unexpected. I was just like, okay, double overtime. But, uh, and Jalen Suggs, I mean, I I hate to talk about the clutch gene. I find (laughs) that overrated in general, but if anyone has that, it's him. It's unbelievable shot and unbelievable moment. Yeah, and to be honest, the play that he had before that set up the moment. Like, it was the block, the assist, and uh, yeah, man, I mean, just an incredible game. Now it's going to be interesting to see. Depends on how, you know, everything goes tonight or, or well, you know, by the time this airs, it'll be, it'll be Monday night, it'll be championship day. But if he has a similar performance and Gonzaga beats Baylor, I wonder – which guys are going to put him number one on their board. I believe Tankathon has already put well, him number Tank- one on their Tankathon board. Tankathon adamant about the anti-Kate number one. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I don't know the guy that runs the Tankathon site. I've had a few conversations with him and they've posted quite a few of my videos on their site. So I'm thankful for that because that always helps with the views. But before we go any further, let's 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 get to the subject at hand. So you listed or you, you share with me offline your top 10 players. Yes. Draft. And you had Josh Giddy in your top 10. Correct. Why is Josh Giddy a top 10 prospect in your opinion? Well, so you think about sort of the holy grail draft prospect hypothetically on a, on a broad scale. And okay. this is, this is early steppy and writer ideas here where you have the six, six plus player who can dribble pass, shoot, make decisions, defend. And Josh Giddy, in terms of that checklist, he's a 6'6 six, six plus 18-year-old initiator in a professional league that has real passing ability, a functional handle, and his processing speed on offense has already been shown to be elite. And so his swing skills, the shot and being an adequate defender, if he he hits on on those aspects, he can sort of be in that holy grail prospect archetype. And obviously we'll get into that more, uh, you know, the chances of him actually hitting those skill thresholds. But right now, in terms of just a broad scale, we have an 18-year-old in a professional league averaging a near triple-double and steadily improving. And, And I suspect that he'll continue to improve and continue to play on that line as the season comes to a close down there in Australia. Yeah, I've, I've done a video on Josh, and it's a plug. If you haven't seen it, go to NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, and you'll see the video I did on Josh. Currently, he's averaging 11 points, 6.7 assists per game, 6.8 rebounds. And he's had – I mean, I know he missed some games with an injury, if I'm not mistaken – and then um, he, he came back and had a strong performance a few days ago. And those numbers are through 18 games. The field goal percentage is it's about 41% from the floor, shooting about 32% from three. And as you mentioned, the swing skills. So when we come back, I want to get your opinion on his swing skills and his upside. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props are almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts, promo code locked on. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. This is Raphael with NBA Draft Junkies and my guest, Michael Neff. And he, he mentioned some swing skills with Josh Giddy. So in your opinion, what is the number one swing skill that will allow him to maximize his potential? 
it's the shot. It's absolutely the shot because right now, and he actually talked about this in an interview with uh, John Chepkovich, uh, who just started uh, Rookie Scale. And uh, he was talking about how as he's improved his shot, it's gotten so much easier for him to attack the basket right. and make reads. And that's only going to continue if that shot improves. Uh, if the shot doesn't come around, then then we really start to get into the questionable aspects of my Josh Giddy top 10 take. You know, is he going to be able to make those reads or are those passing lanes going to be clogged? And then what impact does he have then on offense if the defense doesn't come around? So that, that's kind of the pitfalls of my take. But if that shot comes around, then like I said, we're talking about a 6-6 plus dribble pass shoot guy and that th those are rare those are rare especially ones that young in a professional league playing at the level he's playing at yeah you can make a case that his play this year is very similar to Lamelo's play last year now i know that's going to draw some criticism or, or whatever because you know, LaMelo's been, at least in my opinion, a lot better than advertised. But like I said, you can make a case and say Giddy's production is, is similar. And I agree with the shooting simply because, in my opinion, the best passers or playmakers in the NBA are also big-time threats to score. And so I look at, you know, your Luka, your James Harden, LeBron James, Chris Paul, those guys are on another level as playmakers because they can beat you multiple ways. And then there's another level of guys that like, I think Ricky Rubio is an excellent passer, but he's not the threat to score. And I think that limits his effectiveness as a passer because, you know, on a pick and roll teams are always going to go under on, on a Rubio screen. And I feel like even to a certain extent, Alfred Payton, I think he's a really good passer and table setter, but he's not a big time threat to score. Now he'll score double figures because he's playing enough minutes or whatever, but he's not a uh, you know like a big time scoring threat. So I think Giddy, at the worst case scenario, could fall into that Rubio, Alfred Payton, you know, big guard table setter, and I still think. Worst case scenario, he is a starter for maybe five to seven years, if not longer. But like you said, if he can improve the shot, and even if it's just like a, a set shot, like if it's an off-the-ball set shot three, that would help him out a lot. But what are your thoughts on his release on his shot? I know it's like a slower release. Do you think that has an impact on his percentage and his effectiveness as a shooter? Yeah, just the mechanics in general are wonky to say the least. And he has, he has real work to do in that regard. Uh, like, I mean, we call them mechanics and his shot is very mechanical, right. but we've seen with guys like Patrick Williams that that doesn't have to be a problem, but Giddy so far has not shown nearly the same degree of touch as Patrick Williams did, or, you know, as you mentioned, LaMelo Ball did. And that, that's kind of the big differentiator there. Uh, he's definitely, he's definitely got work to do. The lower body is probably the most concerning thing. 
he lands almost in a lunge where his right foot is way further forward than uh, his left foot. I think, and as you mentioned, it's a very slow release as well. Uh, And he doesn't have the touch to where you can say, well, once those mechanics get ironed out, then he's going to be able to be just fine as a shooter. The, The case for him shooting is he's shooting around average volume, I would say. I believe it's about four and a half per 40 off the top of my head. And that shows confidence at the very least, kind of in the sense of where Luca's taking all these threes, despite the fact that he's not had the best percentages, but because he's so confident in the shot, and granted, he also has better touch. However, you would hope that given the work ethic and the confidence in the shot, that maybe he can get that catch and shoot three down at the very least. That, that makes sense. I mean, I know Luca got a lot of flack for it earlier, but if I'm not mistaken, this year he might be at around 37, 38% from three. And yeah. that is taking a lot of contested <laughs> step backs that are deep. And this is only year three for him. And, man, if he continues to climb, the sky's the limit. But I'm a big Luca fan. Anyone that has been listening to my podcast knows that I'm a little biased towards him. And a lot of it is because I lived in in Europe for a year, and I got a chance to watch him play when he was, like, 16 or 17. And that was when, you know, his name kind of started buzzing. And I remember telling people back home, like, yo, this kid is good. And, of course, people start pulling up his stats or not understanding, like, numbers in Europe aren't high or you're not going to see a guy put up big numbers and you know the whole he's too slow he's not this he's not that can he do it against NBA defenders now I want to transition that to Giddy I'm not comparing the two I think they're two different players in a sense Lucas obviously he's bigger he has more of a you know a, a, a scorer's aura to his game but what are your thoughts on Giddy and people questioning his foot speed and how he lacks elite NBA athleticism? Well, I think he's a functional athlete at the very least, uh, on offense especially. Uh, his scoring game isn't the most exciting right now, but I don't think it's a lost cause by any means. He's shown NBA-level moves getting to his spots, and – I think that he'll be able to build on that. Yeah. Uh, especially I, I, with the passing threat. Yeah, I agree. In my notes, I put, I'm sorry to cut you off. I put that he's not shifty, but he shows flashes of being able to have a little, a little dancey in, in his ball handling. So I, I agree with that 100%. Um, what are your thoughts on him finishing around the rim through contact? It could stand to improve. Uh, I think it has slightly throughout the season. Uh, He's just learning how to play with strength and that that's only going to continue. And I think historically we've underrated how much these prospects can improve athletically in the NBA. And you have to ask yourself, well, what will that unlock in Giddy's game? And as you said, the finishing and just the scoring game in general not through 
burst, but through functional strength, getting to his spots. And that will only unlock the passing further. And he, he can just be a very complete offensive player. So I, I agree. One of the things I, I love about Josh Giddy is he's slow, right? He lacks ideal burst and speed, but he's like this unique prospect where his game is based off of transition. He's at his strength playing in an open floor transition type game. And so on the outside looking in, that sounds pretty, I mean, it sounds like an oxymoron. This guy that isn't this elite swift athlete, but he thrives in transition. And to me, it's because one, he has such an incredible pace for a young age. Like you can't really speed him up and make him play out of control. He literally has control of the game when the ball is in his hands. I love him as a threat, as a, a rebounder run guy where he gets the rebound. And I just think he's at his best at his best in, in transition. So what are your thoughts on his overall pace and feel for the game? It's unbelievable how quickly he can process everything happening on the floor, notice and anticipate openings, and then deliver an accurate pass to exploit the openings that the defense gives. And as you said, that that happens in transition. That That is his strength. And as I was contemplating Giddy more last night, uh, I was thinking about the transition strength, the athleticism that won't wow you and that elite feel for the game and I, I thought about Tyrese Halliburton uh yeah people were saying a lot of the same things about him how me it, I, I'll raise my hand I was one of them <laughs> uh we're saying a lot of the same things that strength and transition that elite feel for the game but not the most exciting scorer but as we've seen uh and Tyrese Halliburton has far exceeded my expectations here yep. in his scoring and in his creation ability uh and so i'm wondering if we're going to be able to see the same things out of giddy and we haven't we haven't talked about defense either not to not to completely change the subject but that that processing speed on offense i he's flashed it on defense but it's not nearly as ever present and to go back to the lamello comp he was an atrocious defender in NBL play, yep. constantly getting beat off the dribble and just looked lost out there. You could say that about Giddy as well, but Lamella has been a neutral defender to maybe even a slight positive when he's been healthy in his rookie year. And that's because he's had a chance to watch film and improve defensive reads. Uh, improve his processing on that end and perhaps we should have been more clued into the fact that because he's such a preternatural passer and has such a feel for the game on offense that that would carry over to you know, defense playing that free safety role on defense kind of picking off the passing lanes yeah that, that makes a lot of sense but you, I'm, I'm going back to what you said a few minutes ago and I don't know why I haven't thought of the two, but Tyrese Halliburton, that is a good comparison. I, like I said, I don't know why I haven't thought of it, but now I'm going to watch 
I think I'm going to go back and watch Halliburton's Iowa State games, watch some of his clips from the Kings, and watch Giddy and see are there more similarities. I, hey, <laughs> that was a, a spot on uh, a comparison that, that um, I'm definitely going to look into. But when we return, we still haven't really taken a deep dive into his playmaking ability. So when we come back, I definitely want to talk about his passing. If you've been paying attention, we've been telling you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while. And if you haven't, Built Bar, it's this amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar that is 100% chocolate on every single bar. Now, we finally got to the point where we can tell you which Built Bar is the best. Built Bar Madness is finally over. It's wrapped up and we have a champion. And the champion, or I guess champion, is Coconut Brownie Chunk. It won over Cookie Dough Chunk. And I can honestly say it's probably one of the best tastings. I had another bar. I had Mint Brownie for the champion. But my bracket is messed up in the Built Bar Championship and in the NCAA bracket. But overall, I, I can't be upset with the winner. But go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog, it's a unique and remarkably easy catalog to navigate. Quickly, you can see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And the best thing about rockauto.com is the prices are always reliably low, whether you're a professional or you're a do-it-yourselfer. Go to rockauto.com right now, and you can see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com auto.com get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's nba draft with the locked on nba draft podcast we have scouting reports draft rumors mock drafts and full coverage of march madness four days a week from credential draft experts like myself follow the locked on nba draft podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts all right so Josh Giddy is again who Michael has a proje- has projected as a top ten pick, and we've talked a little bit about his passing and his playmaking, but I want to like go deeper into it. I think he's the best natural passer in this draft. I know a lot of people are going to say Cade, and I mean I, I can't really disagree with you if if that is your stance on that. But Giddy is a special passer. The first time I saw him play live. It was at Basketball Without Borders last year in Chicago All-Star Weekend. And I remember like writing my notes how he was slow, but 
he was able to get to his spots whenever he wanted to and how he just made everyone around him better he put them in he put them in scoring situations and i had mentioned this on a video he has this this knack of passing players open and i used to see it with quarterbacks like you know you would see how they'd say tom brady passed this guy open or peyton manning or he put the ball into a spot where only they could get to it and you know get the catch I feel like Giddy kind of does that on the basketball floor I also want to see him play with NBA athletes on the offensive end so on one hand you can say well you know he may struggle playing against NBA guys you know because the, the game and is more athletic physical and and stronger and the players are stronger but I would love to see him with a vertical lob threat you know a guy like a a younger DeAndre Jordan or Mitchell Robinson, Rudy Gobert, one of those type of vertical athletes. So in, in your opinion, what is his best asset as a passer? I mean, do you think it's his ability to pass guys open or, or do you think it's just his overall uh, accuracy and, and timing on his passes? I think I think, as you said, it's his ability to pass guys open and to manipulate defenders in order to make passing lanes. That That's rare stuff for any player, let alone someone at his size, where he can anticipate openings, but he's he's been able to use ball fakes. He's been able to use eye manipulation yep. in order to make open passing lanes seemingly out of nothing. And he's able to process things that are as minute as which direction is the defender facing? Are they looking at the ball or are they looking at an off the ball action? And if they're preoccupied, and if they're preoccupied with the off ball action, I can just pass it to the cutter who's just going in right behind him, for instance, and it's an easy layup. That processing is, it just has kind of blown me away with Giddy for someone that young in a professional league. Uh, yeah, because it's a skill that you're born with it. Like, I don't know if you can really develop or work on what he has. But I think you can improve as a passer by studying film and, and reading defenses. But this, he was born with this. Like, this ability to to read defenses, like you said, manipulate it. But on top of all of that, what makes him fun to watch is despite the fact that, you know, like, the game is – you know, when you think of highlights, you think of dunks and athleticism and, and speed and, and, and plays above the rim. He is a highlight film, like his passes, like he, he'll make the most simple pass, but he adds like this, this little flair to it that, that makes it a highlight pass. Now he's not on Milos Teodosic's level, who is my all time favorite passer, just because, I mean, that guy's creativity is ridiculous like I don't know if you saw he passed the ball on someone's head earlier this year yeah I, I wish he would have had an opportunity to show that that level of flashiness and offensive creativity in the NBA he dealt with some injuries but Giddy has some flash and some flair to his game and that's what makes him fun to watch for me not only because you know he has this this great pace and you mentioned the confidence in, in the shot but you can tell like for example, 
you ever like watch the guy or you go to a gym, you watch basketball, and then you can tell who the player is without knowing just like like the first minute of the game, the way the guy handles the ball or just the way he carries himself. And that's what I see in Giddy. And I saw that when I when I saw him last year. In, in your opinion, what are your thoughts on like his his flashy playmaking? And do you think that do you think that there's a team in the NBA that will allow him to make those type of mistakes, even though he he does have a, I guess, uh, he does make high risk passes. I think he does a good job of taking care of the ball, but do you think there's a team, especially since you have him in a top 10, a team that would be a good fit for him as far as like a coach that will allow him to play to a strength? Because I look at, for example, Denny Abdia, I think he went to a very bad situation as far as allowing him to maximize his skills. So with all that being said, what is the best fit in your opinion for Giddy? So the team that came to mind for me, and unfortunately not for the reasons of the coach who would not, uh, who, who would let him make those mistakes. Uh, but in terms of roster construction, I really like Golden State actually. Uh, and the reason being is they drafted James Wiseman, who I've been critical of, but he's advertised as a role man and a lob threat. And Giddy has made by far the by far the most assists to his center rolling to the basket. Yep. And so it would be great, I think, for Wiseman and for Giddy for them to pair up. And then obviously the shooting with uh, Steph and, and Clay coming back. The, the question there uh, is, will Steve Kerr be patient with Steph being you know, on the wrong side of 30? Way on to 30 yep. uh, at this point. And we've seen that with Wiseman, where his confidence is going down because of the lack of patience in the development. But in terms of pure roster construction, kind of functioning in that Iguodala ball-moving role on offense in Golden State, uh, I think could be very interesting. And the other fit that I like is Atlanta, where they have a lot of great rollers in Capella, in John Collins, and if they let Inyeka Kongwu play, uh, then him and Giddy could form some chemistry there. And they're pretty much exactly league average from three. However, they could platoon Giddy in a lineup with you know, him, Kongwu shooters, him, Capella shooters. And lineups like that could do very well in Atlanta. So those were the two in the range that he's projected in right now that I think could work out well from a roster construction standpoint. Yep, that, that makes sense. It would be funny about Golden State because a lot of fans are on their neck because they took Wiseman over Mellow. So this would give them an opportunity to draft another big playmaking point guard that came out of Australia so I think that would uh that probably make some Golden State fans happy um and then it just depends on what what they're going to do with uh Nico Mannion it's it's kind of crazy how the NBA works Jeremy Lin was the better player of the two in the bubble but Jeremy is not playing right now and Nico is getting you know he's getting significant minutes with Golden State so you know, I know it's an age thing, and obviously Golden State is probably looking more so towards the future than currently, but I think that changes next season. So, but anyway, 
thank you so much for coming on. And uh, where can the the people listening, if they want to see your tweets, where can they find you at? Well, so I'm at mnef3710 on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me there. I try to have conversations with people all the time discussing the draft. It's my favorite thing to do. And no 2021 content yet, but if you want to check out some of my 2020 work, you can go on to nbadrafthub.com. And I wrote about Anthony Edwards and why I thought he should be the number one pick, wrote about the case for Trey Jones being in the lottery. And I wrote about Obi Toppin as well. And I'm proud of those pieces. Uh, I hope that I can get some 2021 content out soon. That's on the docket. But that that is about it. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Definitely look to have you on again, especially as we get closer to draft time. And it's closer. You know, we have the championship game coming up. And then after that, it, it should be all draft. And I'm looking forward to that because now it's kind of like it's go time for me in a sense. Now people are going to start paying more attention to to my work and my videos and, and focusing on the draft and, and all of that. And, and now that we have a date, I saw it's like July. I, think I should know this 28th or 29th or something like that, which I predicted. I knew it was going to be one of those days. So we actually have things kind of set in stone, which we didn't have last year. So I'm looking forward to that. But once again, this is Raphael with NBA Draft Junkies with my guest, Michael Neff, who's a freshman at UVA, but he's he's definitely a, I guess, a valued member of the NBA Twitter, NBA Draft Twitter community. And um, I think this is a name that that you may be hearing in the future. His profile says that he's a future NBA general manager. So, you know, let, let's, uh, <laughs> let, we'll, let's see. we'll see. Well, we'll you know, let's, let's make it happen. Like, you know, it's, it's a goal. It's a lofty goal, but at the end of the day, if you work at it, then anything is possible. So I, I just like the fact that you put it out there in the world so people can know it and kind of hold you accountable for it. So that takes a little bit of, of confidence but not only did you put it out there you've you know been doing the work so I know like being a college student is is difficult because you have so much work to do but in your spare time you're you're you know working on NBA draft stuff so that shows a level of dedication so hey keep on going thank you I, I appreciate that I intend to yep no problem all right this is Raphael NBA draft junkies my guest Michael Neff and we are out <laughs>